I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Roker Report podcast in association with the Sunday Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav back before the whole game with Martin. Hey mate. Hello, Gav. Looking forward to a bumper crowd and a good um, a good game and good Friday, hopefully. Hopefully it is another good Friday. I was reading something on our website this week from Paddy Hollis that Good Friday traditionally is a good day for Sunderland. We tend to win more often than not, which probably means now we've highlighted it that we're going to lose. But there we go. We're playing Hull uh, on Friday. And fingers crossed, we managed to come out on the other end of it. They're sort of milling around. I just said to you before we came on air, in that area where I expected us to be really this season. We yeah. <laughs> this they're far enough away from relegation to be safe, but they're not going to do anything. They're sort of milling about, which is probably a disappointment for Hull because at the start of the season, all you ever heard about Hull was how they were going to take the championship on. They were throwing money at getting out of the league and they'd signed all of these players and had put quite a lot of investment into the playing side of things, yet they they really have done nothing of note this season. So I'm not really sure what to make of this game, if I'm honest. Like us, they don't have any strikers. Like us, they've got very little to play for. And it means it's either going to be a very boring game or we could be on the precipice of a Sunderland Tonkin in, in in terms of, you know, giving a team a good Tonkin, I mean. Because we haven't done that really this season. It's, been, it's felt like at times it's been coming and it never has. And it would be nice to maybe give someone a, a good scudding at home. But yeah, I mean, this is a strange game, isn't it? I'm not really sure what to make of it. No, it is a strange game, but I just want to um, go back to Paddy's article about Good Friday being a good day for Sunderland. Because I've been scarred by Mike Sheeran. QPR in I think 19 it was 1998 on Good Friday when he scored two goals in the last quarter of an hour to um, for QPR against us at home after Quinny had put us <laughs> 2 0 up and that kind of scuppered or set us on a little bit of a bad run of form that scuppered our automatic promotion chances that year and obviously we had the Charlton heartache that followed which I hold Mike Sheeran directly responsible for. So, yeah, I was going to say you're blaming him for that, are you? <laughs> oh, 100%. It wasn't Lionel Perez's fault, it was Mike Sheeran's. <laughs> um, no, look, this is going to be a, it's going to be a, a tough game, I think, isn't it? And it's, you know, short of Arvaladze was the manager of Hull at the start of the season. I think, as you say, they chucked a whole load of money investing in the playing squad and it hasn't really worked out for them. And I think looking at it from the outside in, they've kind of done the same thing as, as we've been guilty of it in the past, where you give one manager a whole load of money, results don't follow immediately, so you get rid of them and you bring another manager in who's got a completely different style of play. 
And he's now trying to figure out how to get a, a bunch of players who haven't been assembled to play in that exact way, to play that sort of football. And, you know, we've done a an interview on the site with a, a Hull fan from the brilliantly named podcast to Hull and back. And he's sort of <laughs> saying, you know, the, the players are having a little bit of a, a struggle playing the formation in the system that um, Liam Rossini wants them to play. And, you know, they're looking towards the summer as being a period of change where we get rid of a few players, bring some of his own in. So they're kind of on that that cycle that we've been on previously. And it, it was kind of, it's quite nice to read another club making those mistakes and not be enough for a change. But um, like they're, they're in a terrible run of form. I think they've they've won one out of 11. They haven't got any strikers, as you said, at the top. I think they've scored seven goals in the past 11 games. So, you know, on paper, this is a good one for us to get three points. And, you know, Tony Mowbray has been really positive about this run of fixtures coming up. He's he's talking about them all being winnable games and all being games that we could get three points from. So, yeah, it's a good um, a good chance for us to, to enter that last stretch of the season on a positive note. Yeah, I think so. I don't I don't think that... I mean, I've said this repeatedly. I don't think that there's anything to really fear. And I think that, you know... I, I quite like, in a way, that recently, anyways, we've sort of... I think he's managed the expectations of everybody quite well. Where he had a little period, Mowbray, where I was a bit disappointed with some of the stuff he was saying. Where recently, I actually think the way he's approached, the way he talks about us, is it, it's been the right way. Because if you look at it, you know... And I said this to Chris, if we win against Hull and we win against Cardiff, then you're looking at the Birmingham game and people are going to be talking about the playoffs again because you've got Birmingham at home, Huddersfield at home, two teams that were struggling. I just think that this is quite an important game, actually. I know that it looks at the minute like we're probably a little bit too far from the playoffs to be really serious contenders, but you know how things are with Sunderland. We're quite capable of being being that team who go on a mad run and and end up in there somehow. Or even just flirt with the idea of it happening, you know? These next four yeah. games, like I say, three of them are at home. Hull, Birmingham, Huddersfield, we've got an away game at Cardiff. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that we could win all of those games. At the same time, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we could lose all of those games. Because <laughs> more often than not this season, when we've played somebody who we think we should be beaten at home, we don't. So no, it's, it. it is quite interesting looking at how, how things could pan out. I mean, we could, it's a bit of a cliche in football, isn't it? You know, you can only look at the next game and, and think about the next game. And I, to be honest, I think that's true of this because if we don't beat Hull, then nobody's going to be talking about any sort of playoff chances. We're going to be writing the season off, I think. Hull is a, an interesting game at this stage of the season just because, like I said, they've, they've got nothing really to play for. They're struggling with injuries. They've got no strikers. And you you look at them and you think they're probably in a transition period where maybe some of those players who are starting at the weekend already know they're probably going to be leaving the club or that they're already looking over their shoulders a little bit and thinking I'm away soon. And I don't care what anyone says, that it does affect performances because that hunger and desire which we showed against Burnley, which I wasn't expecting to see, was present because these players still have a lot of play for and prove at Sunderland. At Hull, different sort of theme, really. They're thinking very differently about how things go forward from here. And like I said, interesting to me as a as an outsider because we did hear quite a lot about how Hull were already in their in their mini revolution at the start of the season and the way that they were signing players and the way that they were dishing out big wages to certain players. I think um, Seri, the central midfielder, he might I might be wrong, but he's one of the highest paid players in the division. 
Yeah, I think so. For a team sitting 18th in the table, that's not great, really. So it's an interesting one. I think for me personally, I feel as though that we have to win this game because, and we've talked about this a little bit recently, you know, the home form hasn't been great this year. And to me, everything we do from this point is to set ourselves up for next season. If we somehow end up in the playoffs, then brilliant. I don't think anybody's expecting that to happen. So really, I'm treating these games as the opportunity to build for next season. So I want to see players like Ekwar starting again. I want to see Lee Hadji get more minutes. I want to see I want to see the team shape up in the way we want, we want them to play next year. I want to see Barr on the pitch. I want to see the home form improve. That's a big thing for me. I just think now we've got, what, one, two, three, four, four home games left before the end of the season. That has to improve because if we are going to be serious promotion contenders in the championship next season, then the home form has to be pointed and spot on and it isn't at the minute. So, yeah, big game. Yeah, it is a big game. You're, you're right in terms of you know using these games to not only build for next season, but also see where we get to this season. And... You know, if you're looking at how we improve next season, as you say, the home form is a massive, a massive thing to improve on. We've been pretty good away from home, and um, I think that's where the pressure's not on us to break teams down, and we can, we can counter attack and all that sort of stuff. I do think we would have had a, a far better home record this season if we had Ross Stewart up front or a striker up front to relieve some of that pressure sometimes and and change the game. But obviously, that's kind of by the by, and we're dealing with what we have. And as I say, like Hull. Splashed out some money. And one player I'm interested in, in seeing on Friday is um, Adama Traore. It's, it's not the one that Jake Clark Salter chopped in half a few years ago. It's um, <laughs> a lad who cost Monaco 14 million euros a few years ago. And he joined Hull on deadline day, but he only made his debut at the end of February for them. He'd obviously been out injured. But he's got some good reviews as a very sort of talented midfield player. So it'll be interesting to see him and how he, um, he plays on Friday. And... I think it'll be a challenge in terms of the the style of play that Hull have as well. You know, reading on on their fans forums and you know the match reports and stuff like that. It seems like they've got a bit of a style of play like we had under Poyer. You know, where you're keeping the ball, retaining the ball at the back, passing it around, looking, you know, trying to draw the team out, pass the ball in the midfield, and and do all that sort of stuff when you're in possession. And I think we've been actually pretty good against teams like that. Like Burnley tried to do it a lot last Friday. And you know we're we're good on the press, and we we charged them down and you know got a couple of opportunities. There's one where Gellhart nipped the ball off of one of their centre halves, wasn't it, and, and almost got into a position at a shot. So it's going to be a, a challenge. But as you say, like we've got to improve our home form. Like that's the one thing that's held us back. And and to be honest, to be in the position where we are with the home form that we've had is remarkable, really. So these four home games that we've got remaining this season. It would be lovely to see us win three or four of them and just you know change the mentality of the players or the confidence of the players when playing at home because like we've seen it in the past, haven't we, where we've we've had bad home form and it, it kind of snowballs sometimes. And mm-hmm. we're not in that in that situation now. But we need to be strong and on the front foot and confident when we go out and play at the stadium allies. We do. And it's it's been tough to be honest, because we all know that a big reason why, and Tony Mowbray has mentioned this this week, big reason why we do struggle at the Stadium of Light is because teams come here and there is a blueprint for playing against Sunderland at the Stadium of Light. It's mainly to sit behind the ball, waste time, frustrate the crowd, 
and see how it goes from there. And it doesn't always work, but it does work. That's the problem. It does work quite often. And it works for teams who are actually used to sitting behind the ball. You know, so teams who are struggling, more often than not, will play against teams every week and be used to not having the ball, be used to just running side to side, counter-attacking, having three in midfield and just sort of trying to win the physical battles and stuff. And that, that's been the big struggle at the Stadium of Light this season and, and last season, really, in, the, in League One. Is that when teams come here, we tend to struggle against that type of side? And even good teams have came here and played that way. And we've seen, we've seen against Norwich, we saw at Burnley, that when we get the opportunity to play a little bit differently, when we get the opportunity to play like maybe some of those teams do against us, sit back, counter-attack, uh, work very hard, close down in their half as well as in our half, you know, press from the front. When we get to do all of those things, we're really effective. Like yeah. we, we look like a team who, I mean, <laughs> probably sounds a bit daft, but... We look like a team who, in the event that we did somehow get promoted to the Premier League, that we would be really suited to playing every week against teams who just come at us. Like, you can sort of see in the style of players we've got, that would be effective. And I guess the thing with the Championship is is that you're not going to get that opportunity most weeks. You're not going to play Burnley and Norwich every week. You're playing teams like Hull, Wigan, Bristol City or whoever. And you have to have a different way of playing. And I know Tony Mowbray has talked before about how we've only really got one way of playing. But to me, and this is something you touched on when we spoke earlier in the week, when you look at somebody like a Pierre Equar, who's got a little bit something different about him, I don't see why we can't mix it up a bit. Like, in this game against Hull, I think you can pretty much predict how they're going to play. You know, regardless of how how else they normally play. They're not daft. They'll have watched the tapes of the teams who've came here and got results. They know what they've got to do. They know they're going to have to sit back. They're going to have to... Um, soak up a bit of pressure and frustrate us and we've got to also plan for that we've got to know that's what's going to happen and I'm hoping that we don't just revert to type and play sort of like a midfield two of of Michu and Neil and try and pass them off the park so I'm not sure that's going to work I think we might have to give up the ball a little bit more and we might have to just pick a team that can physically compete more so than technically compete because we know we can compete technically so I would like to see a bit of compromise on the style, actually, in this game. They're, they're going to do exactly what you have described. They, you know, you look at their record since Rosinia came in, and they've drawn 10 out of 22 games. And in the last 11, they've scored seven, as I said before, and conceded 11. So they don't have high-scoring games. Such in, like Three of those goals that they conceded, I think, were away at Norwich, and, and three of them were at home to Burnley. So if you take those two games out where they conceded six, they've let in five in nine games, so they don't concede too many at all. So it's it, it mm. is it's going to be a, an interesting challenge in terms of style of play. And you know th- those are sort of games, aren't they? Like if if we get on the front foot and score a goal in the first fifteen twenty minutes, it puts that game plan that the opposition come with out the window because they've got to come and. And open up a little bit more and have a have a go. And sometimes that works in our favour and, and sometimes it doesn't. But it's going to be interesting, isn't it, in terms of the the team selection? Because as you say, we you you're kind of caught in this middle bit, aren't you? Where you know the playoffs are still there. So do you pick your strongest eleven for Friday and forget about everything else at the minute? You just go with what's the strongest team that you've got? Or do you have that mentality about building for next season? You know, there's likes of um you know, Joe Gelhart won't be here next season. Ahmad, 
you know, I reckon there's a chance we get him on loan next season, but at present he's not going to be here next season. So do you use these seven games to give those those players like you know Equa more more time on the pitch, Lahaji, Bar, give them more experience, or do you stick with the likes of Pritchard? Do you stick with the likes of the other experienced players that we've got to just go? Okay, we we're going after the three points on on Friday. Mm, I, 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 the impression I get from recent weeks is that he's going to pick Bar, Equa, and. What I'm hoping actually is that we see the introduction of even more. So I, I really want to see what Lee Hadji can do because it's unfair, really, for any player, so especially when they've got his experience, a very limited experience, to just give him like sort of five, ten minutes at the end of games. He can't impact a game yes. doing that. You know, it's it's and, and we need to see more. Of, we need to see more from him. I jotted down my starting eleven for what I think we could go with on Friday before we we start recording this. And Lahadji's the one I've got in from the start. Right. So I think I think there's in, a chance. In place of who? In place of Pritchard from Friday's team. Right. So I think um I reckon he might chuck Roberts into that sort of middle role and put Ahmad all the way up front and leave Gelhard out and put Clark on one side and Lahadji on the other. I wouldn't be against it. I I don't know if I I don't know if I can see him doing it just because of how well Pritchard played against Burnley, but but I, I mean, I've I've been waiting for him to to maybe not go with Gelhart for a long time now, and he just keeps picking him. And it's not like some people might listen to me and think I've got some sort of agenda against him. I don't. I don't. And I actually think at Burnley, he done his job like everybody else did. That's the difficulty is that you know in a game like that where you you're pressing from the front and most of the time you're just running around. Gelhart's fine because he's very good at running around. But it's the other side of things that he's not so great at. And in this game, when we're going to have more of the ball, I would rather have a technician up there, somebody who can do something with the ball, than him, really. So I wouldn't be against dropping him. But I I think it'll be interesting. I'm really interested, actually, to see how much game time we continue to give Gelhart between now and the end of the season. Because I think before the Burnley game, we talked about this and we said, you know, after Burnley is a very different part of the season than before Burnley. I think the Burnley game was a bit of a, a bit of a milestone for Sunderland in that we had to get to that point. That was going to be a tough game. We had to pick a certain type of team. Um, depending on how we got through it, we then changed things up after that. Because like I said before, you look at the run of games we've got coming up and on paper they look good games for us. They look like games where we can afford to to try things. Burnley, I think, wasn't the type of game where you start dropping players and we maybe needed that little bit more experience in the side. So, I'm, yeah, I'm really interested, actually, to see what type of team he goes with because I think it could indicate where he goes from here, from the rest of the season, because the, there is a chance he'll drop some of these players. I think with the Pritchard thing, he's been he's had a little bit of an injury, hasn't he? He's kind of not been able to train properly um, during the week, so that, that might come into it. And with with Gelhard, like it's look, it's obviously not working. Him playing right up top. And I think Mowbray has took the the attitude of him playing himself into form, which he he hasn't. He, I think he he did all right against Burnley. That was a type of game at suits him. I think QPR away was another one of his better performances, and that was a similar game where he had you know he put a lot of work and Norwich. in. Norwich pressed them. Norwich, he obviously missed that chance at Norwich, didn't he? But he, he still did all of that other stuff. Around yeah, and I actually yeah. think it's uh, while while you might think well he's being fair with Gelhart by giving him a chance, I actually think it's being unfair on him 
to keep playing him in the same position where he, he clearly doesn't work. And if he wanted to keep Gellhart in the side, I would really like to see him push Ahmad all the way up front and let Gellhart play deeper and just see what he does from a bit yeah. a bit of a deeper position because we're not getting anything out of him playing as an out-and-out striker. So whether he, he does that or whether he, you know, to my mind, if you're going to do that, we're far better off giving Lahadji a game in that front, like that three behind the striker or giving Bar more game time in that position because... I think Mowbray earlier in the season, he talked about Barr as being a replacement for Ahmad, which kind of took us by surprise at, at the time because we'd only seen Barr play um, in, a, in a deeper midfield role. But you can kind of see mm. it to, to an extent. He's got nice feet. He can play the ball. He can, he can shoot. Um, so I think you know, given our players who are going to be here next season more time on the field is probably the way I would go. But we'll see how yeah. Tony Mowbray goes. Yeah, well, on the team selection, uh, obviously you mentioned Pritchard had missed, uh, I think he missed the open training day that they did during the week, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, but Mowbray had said that he should be good for the games this weekend. Huggins, another player who pulled up in the warm-up that was brought up in the press conference. Um, I think Mowbray just sort of said, you know, brushed it off and said he needs a pre-season. You know, let's, don't think he wants anyone to read too much into it, but it's a little bit worrying that Huggins every time he seems ready to come back in. He seems to have another issue. And yeah, I think they're just, they've got a duty of care maybe there with him. He's maybe a little bit, I don't know what it is really. We've seen yeah, this before I, in the past with other players, haven't we? Reminds yeah. us a little bit of Mickey Bridges when he broke his leg all them years ago. Didn't come back the same lad really. Well, I think with, with Huggins, like reading or listening to Mowbray's comments, it seems more psychological than than physical with him. Where you've kind of got that, mm-hmm. that you know, he's been out for a long time, hasn't he? He's been out for, he's been out for the best part of a year, and I think he came back in that Birmingham game, didn't he? St Andrews and played really yeah, well. Yeah. And we don't see him for a couple of months, and he he comes back for. I think he came off the bench at Fulham, and then he we don't see him again. And in the reserve game, under twenty one game on Monday, I think or Tuesday, wasn't it? He said he felt his hamstring in the in the warm up, so he didn't didn't take part in that game. But Tony Mowbray said, you know. He's probably been very overcautious in terms of how his body's feeling. It kind of sounds like Huggins doesn't yet have the confidence in his own body after being through all of that injury trouble and that, that time out. So, as you say, I think a good preseason where he regains that confidence, builds that strength up. Like, and he he is a good player. From what we've we've seen, a little of what we've seen, he is a bloody good player. And if we can get him fit, that would be a really good battle between him and Trey Hume next season. Yeah, for for that right back spot. Yeah, he's twenty two year old as well, so it's not like he's you know, had he been twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, and having all these issues, we might feel a little bit differently about yeah. him. But we at least owe him the chance to have a pre season. I think that's probably the best way forward for Huggins. See how he does after a pre season, if he's fit and firing and confident, and importantly competing and giving us something in the first team and playing in those games in pre season and doing well then there's no reason why you wouldn't keep him around because he can play left-back, he can play right-back, he can play centre or midfield. Midfield, yeah. Um, but if after a, a four, five, six-week period of really intense training, they're looking at him and they're like, mm, he needs to go, like, he needs to go out on loan, he needs to go somewhere and just try and get some confidence, then that might be the best way forward. We're in a very, you know, low-pressure situation with Huggins, I think, you know, 
we've got enough fullbacks at first team level to be fine. We don't have to worry about him coming back as a matter of urgency. And yeah, I just I, I'm really I think everybody's hoping that this time in I don't know three four months that we're looking at him as as a real first team player because you're, you're right, he's got talent. Other than Huggins, then Sirkin and Joe Anderson, they both played a full 90 in that game for the 21s. I think Anderson, Mowbray's been quoted this week as saying that he, he's probably going to loan him out at the start of next season, which tells you he's probably not going to feature much, if at all, in the first team between now and the end of the season. Not really a huge surprise. I think, you know, there's a big thing around maybe getting some of these lads' experience, and if we can't give him it, then it would be right probably for him to go somewhere else for six months and, and sort that out. But Sirkin is the interesting one for me because he, he hasn't played a great deal recently, but he got a full 90 minutes and got through that fine. At times this season has looked like one of our best players. At times we've never seen him because he's been injured. And then you go back to the Burnley game, Lyndon Gooch gets man of the match, playing left back out of position. What do you do? Because long term, <laughs> we're talking about long term before, we're talking about building for next season. Lyndon Gooch ain't going to be our left back next season. Dennis Serkin is. So, so how do you approach it? Because to me, it's a it's a tough decision. This we've got two games this weekend, and it's like you know, are you loyal to Gooch for playing there? Well, you know, away from home, or do you recognise that we need a little bit more width and balance and play a Serkin, or do you reckon it's more likely to give maybe Serkin half an hour towards the end of the game and maybe shift Gooch around or take him off? I I can't really work out what he's going to do here because I think I would like to see Sirkin play there, but I acknowledge that Lyndon Gooch has deserved his spot for this game. Sirkin's uh, he's going to be our left back next season. He's going to play there more often than than not if he's fit. And I think if you cast your mind back to sort of November December time, there was even talk about Spurs coming back in for him in the January transfer window and and wanting him back, wasn't it? So yeah, and Brentford you know, looking at him as well. So other yeah. Premier League teams were were keeping an eye, yeah. So I think it's easy to kind of forget that when players have been out for a while. Um, I, I think Serkin's a, a cracking player. I think the, the fact that we've got two games in four days over this weekend and we're travelling to Cardiff on Monday makes that whole decision a bit easier for Mowbray because I don't think either Gooch nor Serkin will play a full 90 minutes in both those games. Both mm. have just come back from long-term injuries. So I think... I, I would stick with Gooch for Friday's game against Hull. I think, you know, reward him for his performance. I thought he was brilliant on, on Friday against Burnley. I thought he was absolutely superb. And I think it's it's a, it's the right message to send to people as well. You know, if you train well, you play well, you'll keep your place. And Mowbray is loyal to, to players like that. So I think, um, think Gooch will keep his place on Friday. I would not at all be surprised though if Serkin starts on Monday and Gooch drops out just to give them both that chance of building up the fitness. And then, you know, who knows what happens after that. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, I would I would keep Gooch in the team for Friday. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit torn on it, because I think the game suited him on Friday last week against Burnley. It suited him because he just had to battle, he had to defend. Some of his last-ditch tackling and stuff was fantastic. But this game where it's going to be a little bit more open, he's all right foot, so it's difficult, because oh. we're going to need him to... We're gonna we're gonna need width, and it's it's. So are we better off actually? Are we actually better off playing Sirkin at home on Friday and Gooch away at Cardiff? Possibly, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. I, I don't know. Again, a, a bit of a conundrum for for Mowbray. He's got to try and work out what to do. But I'm I'm happy with either situation. I think you know, if if you had to pin us down and get us to pick what I would like to see, ideally, 
it would be certain, but you're right, it does send the right message to the players that if they perform well, they stay in the team. However, what I would caveat that with is that Luke O'Nine was was man of the match at QPR in central midfield and then ne- hasn't played yeah, there jobs. since. So and I'm, I'm yeah, I'm still bitter about that. Um but <laughs> I, I'm uh, yeah, I, I just think, you know, I, I think that you the, the important thing is that we've got two games. We've got a lot of travelling to do between those games. And yeah, we'll just have to try and balance the squad up. We do want more injuries as well. That's the other thing. You've I, I totally forgot what you you just mentioned it there. Gucci's been out a while. Sirkin's been out a while. You know, we, we can't flog them both. So there's the opportunity to mix things up there. Other than that, though, the team pretty much picks itself, I think. I know you can probably debate who plays in midfield. You've got Ekwa, who did really well there, but I, I've got a feeling he won't play. I've just got a feeling he won't. I think at home, Mowbray likes Misho and Neil. So I've got a feeling that'll be the midfield too. What, what do you think on that? I'd love to see Misho and Ekwa play together. I think they actually really complement each other in the style of, of play that they have. And I think mm. at home is probably a good um, a good place to, to do it. I think, you know, if you kind of look longer term as well, like that could be a, a partnership that does really, really, really well for us at, um, at centre midfield. So I'd, I'd be intrigued to see how they played together. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, Dan Neal's barely missed a, a minute this season, has he? But again, two games coming up in a short space of time. Wouldn't be surprised if he maybe tried something different to give maybe Neil a rest. You don't know. Uh, Bar, I would imagine, will play some part. He seems to be a, a bit of a favourite at the minute, doesn't he? So it'd be nice to see him coming in, maybe. Other than that, though, yeah, team pretty much picks itself. The defence picks itself. It's going to be one of Sirkin or Gooch, probably Gooch, with O'Neill, Bart, Hume. Then, like we've just said there, I'm I'm going to go with Neil and Mishu just because he seems to like them as the middle two. Probably Roberts on the right, Clark on the left. I would like to see Bar play, but I've got a feeling that he won't. I think it'll be Ahmad and Gelhart. I think it'll probably be that as the front two. So it's what what, what do you think? What do you think he's going to go with? I know you you are the uh, starting eleven guru on Rotor Report. So <laughs> the guru with a <laughs> terrible track record for getting it right. Um, <laughs> no, I, th- I it's a difficult one. I think if I was putting myself in Tony Mowbray's shoes normally, I wouldn't be surprised if Pritchard started. And I think you know he obviously likes Clark and Roberts either side of the attack. He's been very loyal to Gelhart, but he he did say a few weeks ago that after the Burnley game, he would start experimenting. And giving players a chance and you know seeing what they had to offer, so I think there'll be at least one of those players out of Equa, Lahadji, and Bar starts. So obviously, Jefferson Bennett's dislocated his shoulder; he's out of the equation for the rest of the season. I think he's um, he's having an operation to pin it back in the same operation that O Nine had about eighteen months ago, which obviously has, has worked pretty well. Like I, I would love to see Mishu and Equa in centre midfield as that sort of bit of an experiment. And again, I just don't see any value in us playing Gelhart. I see mm. like, there's nothing to there's nothing for us to gain from it. Now, you know, if he was scoring a goal every other game, you keep him in, but he's he's not, and he's not performing. I think where he offers us good value is away from home, where he shuts people down and and does the the legwork off off the ball. So, I'd like to see us mix that up. I'm going to go for Roberts, Lahadji, and Clark and Ahmad. Forming some sort of front four in, you know, 
chuck the players up in the air and see which positions they land in, really. But it'll be, <laughs> uh, be exciting to watch, I think. Yeah, well, there's going to be a big crowd. I think you mentioned at the top. I think already, as we record this, there's 39,000 tickets sold so far. That'll obviously jump up a bit with it being a, a bank holiday, you'd imagine. There'll be quite a big crowd there. But the man in the middle who, last time out, when he refereed Sun and spoiled things, was Keith Stroud. He sent Luke nine <laughs> off against Swansea. It wasn't a great performance, but I think he's actually he's not got a bad record this season, has he, with us? No, he's, he's refed us three, three times. Yeah, we we beat Wigan at home and Bristol City away, what you ref, but then obviously the Swansea game was a bit of a nightmare. So He's also the referee when we beat Hull in that awful championship season that we finished bottom of the, the table under Chris Coleman. He was also the referee in that game. Um, I think ah. Soro scored the winner. I totally blanked that season from your memory. Thanks. <laughs> um, on the on the subject of that, and this is this is a tangent and a half, but did you see what Brighton's manager said about Jason Steele <laughs> on the subject of that season? Called him one of the most talented goalkeepers in the, in the Europe, I think. Amazing. Just can't get over that sort of that transition he's he's on being a, a first teamer in a, a Premier League team, no doubt that are going for a European spot. So just shows that in life everyone's a winner at some point. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we're the winners this weekend. We've got um, a game on Monday, which I'm sure we will be back to preview as well as react to this one. So uh, yeah, hopefully in that uh, busy. Bank holiday weekend period, we can fit in a couple of podcasts. Uh, cheers, Martin. Thanks for joining us, mate. Cheers, Gav. And thanks to the listeners. Oh, before we go, score prediction. Didn't ask for one. Well, and the other thing we haven't mentioned, we're going to be wearing red shorts on um, on Friday as part of the Foundation of Light charity thing, isn't it? It's a big difference campaign. Show what a little, a little change can do to make a big difference. I would have much preferred to see us wearing white shorts. Far more traditional, <laughs> but... Red shorts. Yeah. I've um in our score predictions that we do before the game on, on the website, I've gone for probably an overly optimistic three nil win. I think it's one of those games that if we get an early goal, we could sort of have a, a quite a nice a nice afternoon. So three nil is my very optimistic Easter egg fueled prediction. I'll go for a one nil. One nil to Sunderland. I'll be one happy with that. Okay. So, I'll try me out again. Eh? Yeah, we're off now. We'll see you all uh, after the whole game. Hopefully, talking about another three points for Sunderland. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you all later. Cheers. Cheers.